0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Catholics oftentimes grow up with something called Catholic guilt. You know what that means? It means that you feel bad for everything and anything that you do. You always think that, like, God is angry at you. Like, we grew up with this this concept, this idea that God is mad at you, you know? And... Today's gospel doesn't exactly help us with that because we see Jesus actually angry. We see Jesus not just angry, but he's flipping over tables. He has a whip in his hand. Doesn't necessarily help our Catholic guilt, does it? So what would make God actually angry? It's not because you didn't eat, you ate meat on Friday or because you, know, you didn't flip over the shoe when you were supposed to or because you know the little OCD things that we think make God mad. So what actually makes God angry? It's a good question. What made Jesus angry today in the gospel? What was the heart of his anger? So Let's look at the context. What's going on in the gospel today is the Jews are going to, the, they're going to uh, Jerusalem. So you've got Jews all over the world that are coming into Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. So they're coming from miles and miles outside of Jerusalem. They're called pilgrims. So you would have one million Jews all in the city of Jerusalem for that week to, pa- to celebrate the Passover. And in order to celebrate the Passover, they would need to buy an animal and offer it as a sacrifice to God. So what these people would do that are from outside of the city, they'd need to change their currency. They need to change their money. So they would go outside of the temple. There was an area where they would go and they would exchange their money so that they could go and buy an animal to offer sacrifice. Well, the problem is is that these money changers saw it as an opportunity and they were basically, you know, overcharging and stealing from people. Not only that, but it was the the location of where this was taking place that Jesus was even more upset about. So the problem is not that there's some sort of business handling going on in the temple. Oftentimes people say, oh, you know, the church has a gift shop in the church. Look it, they're all about money. It's all about business. Oh, please okay? It's not a problem. It's not a problem. They needed to actually buy an animal to offer sacrifice. Some of us need to buy a crucifix for our home. It's not a problem. The issue is they were stealing from one another and then they were doing this, they moved this whole business thing, this whole market, they moved it in the most, one of the most holiest parts of the temple. So the place where they are to be praying, not doing business, where they are to be praying, they're doing business and they're stealing from one another. Imagine us doing that right here on this altar. Be a big problem, wouldn't it? This is not the place for that, is it? This is the place for prayer. So basically, they turned the temple into a marketplace. And if you've ever been to a marketplace, you know how loud it is. It's distracting. It's... You know, people yelling and people talking and, and food and, imagine them, animals everywhere because they need to buy their animals. So they basically turned the temple where you are to be meeting God, where you are to be connecting with God, they turned it into a masquerade, a circus. And so what, what was ultimately the problem with this is that they lost their focus of being able to come to the temple and worship God, they lost that focus that was completely gone. Their focus became themselves, business, money, greed, all of those things. That's what overtook them. And ultimately, that's what disconnected them from God. And so God will go to any measure when He knows that something is standing in the way of us and him, he will go to any measure to make sure he roots it out. Because God cannot stand to be allowed, to be without us. He cannot stand being without us. Just like a parent, it tortures the parent day and night when they know that their child is far from them or not following them. It tortures them. It tortures God. And so... Jesus' anger is out of love. It's not out of control or pride. Oftentimes, our anger comes from control and pride, whereas Jesus, it came out of love. Because he didn't want anything to stand between us and him. And so, many of us today are feeling disconnected from God. I hear that all the time. Father, I just feel so disconnected from God. I feel so far away from God. So I want to I wanna give us a, a couple of things that maybe we need to do some sort of spiritual inventory. And we need to look at what are the things that are cluttering our temple, our hearts and our minds, that are keeping us distracted from God. Many of us don't even realize that it becomes so normal to us. It becomes our new norm that we don't even realize that some of these things are so problematic and that it's those things that are actually disconnecting us from God. But many of us will say, oh, because God God just like left me. You know, oh, it's God. God just like disappeared. He doesn't care about me. No, it's not that at all. So I want to look at one of those things that are cluttering our hearts. One of, one of those things are the clutter, not just the spiritual clutter, but even the physical clutter. What I I mean by that is, many of us, our lives are so busy, just constant busyness always, that there is no time to sit and connect with God. There is no time to pray. We gotta cook, we gotta clean, we gotta take the kids to soccer, we gotta take the kids to dance, then we gotta bring them home, then we gotta do their homework, then we gotta do this, then we gotta do that. And there is absolutely no time within the family to sit down as a family and talk with God. Many of us have certain people in our lives that cause us to change our character. Immediately when we're with them, we become a person that we're not. All because we're trying to please them. All because we're trying to gain their approval. And we'll even sin, and we'll even gossip, and we'll even act outside of our character... Just because of these people. And these friends, friends, are causing us to sin, and they're actually a reason why I'm not connecting with God. Now this all sounds very, very basic, but I think that we need to go back to the basics. There's also social media. Social media. Did you hear me? Do you know what social media is? I'm talking about your Instagram, your TikTok, your Snapchat, your Facebook. That's what I'm talking about. Don't think of something else when I say social media. Talking about the very apps that are on your phone. They cause us, and this is designed, they designed it this way to make us disconnected from everything good and to be completely hooked and connected to. The phone. How many times a day do we go to our phone? How many times a day do we just... Okay, what are you even going to your phone for? (laughs) We don't even know why we're going to our phone. We're just going to our phone. We're completely disconnected from God. But we're completely connected with TikTok and with all of these singers and these celebrities and these people that are filling our hearts and our minds with false realities that causes anxiety and depression. And then we wonder, oh, I'm not close to God. Hello? We're not close to God, and we can't sense God, because all we're sensing is the desensi, desensitization, the hard word, of a sensing anything but this electronics. So, If, for whatever reason, you've got these types of clutters that are weighing you down, that you feel like are really weighing you down, you need to address it. We need to address it. We need to remove them. If that means that I have to have no social media in my life, that means I have no social media. You're going to live, I promise you. You will live without Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok. But I challenge you, if you're really serious and you really want to connect with God... Be real about it. Be serious about it. More than likely, it's one of these things that I just named. Busyness, people, social media. The second thing that we need to look at is what are the habitual sins that are going on in my life that I'm not really addressing, that I've made totally cool in my life? I'm like, it's fine. No big deal. God understands. Habitual sin, my brothers and sisters, it kills our conscience. When you continuously, habitually reoccur the, same, the sin, same sins keep reoccurring, what that does is it causes guilt, shame, discouragement, and then before we know it, we don't want to pray and we don't want to talk to God because we think that God doesn't want to talk to us because of our sin. And so many of us don't really do anything about our sins. We just keep doing them, and then we go confession, then we come back, and we go do the same thing, and we confess, and then we go do the same thing. And before you know it, what happens is your heart is desensitized. You kind of stifle your conscience. And so then it makes it very difficult, because every time you want to go to pray, you have to work through... Your sin, oh man, I sinned, I did this, and God doesn't like me right now, and God is angry at me and all this. It's totally opposite. It's totally opposite. Believe it or not, when we sin, even if it's a habitual sin, God is looking for us all the more. But He wants us to cooperate. He wants us to make an effort. For example, if your phone is causing you to sin, and you know what I mean by that, adults, If your phone is causing you to sin, have you put any filters? Have you done anything to try to remove the occasion to break the habit? We can pray all day long, oh God, help me stop doing this sin. God, help me stop doing this sin. But if I don't make a move, then God doesn't move. So, my brothers and sisters, we need to be real about the sins that are in our lives. Sin does break our relationship. But God, in his love and his wisdom, he can even use our sins to draw us back to him. If we don't listen to the devil who tells us to run away from God, if we run to God because of our sin, God can even turn our sins into something beautiful. The next thing is we need to focus on Jesus. Sometimes when we talk about God, we just talk about God as if He's like this like obscure figure somewhere lost in the sky, and we forget about Jesus. Jesus Himself. The second person of the Trinity. Who waits day and night physically in the Eucharist for us. We forget, we totally forget that God physically is available here on this earth. He's not lost in the sky. He's not lost beyond the galaxies. He's actually here on this earth. He's here in the Eucharist. How many of us only come to the Eucharist once a week, if that, here at Mass? Now let me ask you this. Many of us here, most of us here, I would say would believe that Jesus is in the Eucharist, right? I mean, you wouldn't be here if you didn't. But I want to take it a little further. If we truly believed that Jesus was actually really in that Eucharist, would we only come to Him once a week? Once a week? If we really believed. I mean, if I told you today that Jesus in the flesh... Is going to be at Mother of God Church from 6 to 10 tonight. What would happen? It would happen. But why don't we do that for the Eucharist? It is Jesus. Just because our eyes don't see, it doesn't mean that He's not there. It's Jesus. So even those of us who know the Eucharistic theology, and we pray, and we fast, and we know it all, if you really believe that Jesus is in the Eucharist, we wouldn't even come once a week. We'd come every day. We'd come every single day to come see him, to spend time with him, to be in his presence. The second part of this is, if we really want to connect with God, do we read his word? If we really believed that God is speaking to us today and we have a book, His Word, that speaks to us today, we would pick it up, wouldn't we? We would pick it up. If we really actually believe that God wants to speak to us, but many of us don't believe, everybody's like, oh, God doesn't speak to me. He speaks only to those saintly people. No, He speaks to all of us. But do we really pick up the book? Do we give God a chance to speak to us? I know this is basic, but my brothers and sisters, majority of us are not even doing the basics. Majority of us today are not even going to adoration. We're not even reading the scriptures. But we're here at Mass, but when we leave Mass, nothing changes. We're the same. That, my brothers and sisters, is why maybe we're disconnected from God. And so Jesus... Not out of anger, but out of serious zeal and love and passion. He wants to come into the soul and he wants to break all the clutter. He wants to remove all of the clutter. Everything that's keeping us away, he wants to come in and he wants to drive it all out. Because Jesus wants to be at the center of our hearts. Jesus wants us to be completely focused and consumed with him. To be passionate for him. To be with him to live with Him, and He lived inside of our temple. So my brothers and sisters, I want us to prayerfully consider these things that I've addressed, and I want us to really truly pray and reflect before we leave this church, what are those things in my life that need to be cleansed, that need to be removed? And then ask God to give us the grace to truly cooperate with His grace, to cleanse those things, to have real, true connection with Him. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit.